Welcome to the Side Quest Completed Podcast, a podcast about hobby scheme development alongside full time work with your host, JC and uh, Calvin. Just yourself, Calvin. Hi, I am Calvin. Welcome to the podcast. All right. Uh, so, what did you? Uh, I think we we're just about to talk about like uh, what did you work on uh, last week on uh, Anthony? Yep, tiddly squat. Tiddly squat. I love Zero. tiddly squat. Yeah, that's great. Why when you did you do? Why did you do tiddly squat? Yeah, I definitely a little too much stuff with the new job. A very important thing about a new job is great first impressions. So, made sure to be very present for that. Made a point of volunteering for stuff. And otherwise, being more present. So I was there on Wednesday night for hacking event. Volunteered to do a lightning talk on Friday, and that got noticed. So that was a good idea. And I made a point of relaxing very deliberately over the weekend, just so I wouldn't be burned out first thing on the very next Monday. Yep. These so, are all entirely good reasons for diddly squat, and consistency allows for exceptions. Exactly. Even that gets to look in the apartment on Sunday because my girlfriend and I are moving this next month. And moving, I think, like four to six weeks, depending on various things. But yeah, we're probably going to sign a lease, to a new lease tomorrow, and then get moving. So be even busier. Yay. Not wow, yay. Thank you. It's only been a year since the last move. So hopefully it's supposed to be a little bit longer. Hopefully. Yeah. One thing we're doing is like moving into a space for just the two of us versus two roommates. Mm -hmm. So so two people instead of four people. And hopefully that will be a little more conducive to quality development time. Yeah. uh, It's been a long since I've had roommates beyond my wife. And yeah, it's not helpful for time, that's for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so how about you? Um, slightly more than diddly squat. Um, Yay! So I actually got some of my drawing time in, mm-hmm. um, but I got enough of a recharge over my break and like getting into doing all these uh, things around the house that have been kind of lagging that I had trouble with uh, sit-down focus just because I wanted to get more stuff done. Drawing was a nice, relaxing thing. Uh, code did not happen. Uh, but the drawing was something I was putting off for, which is con- both concept art and like working out the designs for some of the backgrounds and characters art that's going to go into the game. So I think that if I did anything, that was the thing to do. Nice. Um, a blocker, basically, or like a long neglected piece. Yeah, yeah. I needed to get that. I needed to make that happen and get out. And I also kind of used the week to um, fine-tune my organizational habits. And I think that that's going to play into getting a more consistent throughput of time, I guess. Great. So still, still work out some of the details, but I, I put way too much thought into how I organize and into my to-do list and all of that. And I think though that I've made some changes to my routines every day that are already working. Like even just going back to work today, I was like two times as productive as I was before the break. Not just from being rested, but just from being more organized and, and having a better system to keep track of what I was trying to do. Nice. Yeah, I had the exact same experience with work, actually, because 
uh, I overlooked a onboarding checklist they had when you could fill out yourself. And being once we actually was introduced to it a few days into onboarding, it made everything a lot easier. Not just because I had a list in front of me, but because my brain was longer freaked out about not knowing whether it was missing anything or not. Because I had a very mm-hmm. concrete list of what to do. And that thing's a lot better. Yes, lists, lists are helpful. I I kind of fell in love with like the whole getting things done thing. I, I read the book like three times. Yeah, I read the book like three times years ago. And yeah. it's the exact prescribed method is less important than a prescribed method, which is the yeah. biggest thing I got from that. But I'm always kind of experimenting with what that method is. And there's something I'm sort of circling around, though. And I think that I'm getting a more consistent pattern out of it. It has to be something that you'll use all the time, though, no matter what it is. That's the most important thing is finding what you'll use. Yeah. I haven't been nearly as consistent with bullet journaling as I would like, but it's been the least inconsistent out of a lot of systems I've used. So that says a lot for it right there. Yes. I've been doing that for for a long time, but I, I might be slipping back into digital versions, sort of. So yeah. I, I've kind of slipped back and forth between bullet journal and um the an old online to-do app remember the milk which has been around for a long time yeah i've used Um, that before every once in a while i go back to it and i've tried a few other things but it's the one thing i've used for the longest amount of time and the problem i've had with my bullet journal is if i'm thinking about something in the dark at like laying in bed (laughs) and i can't write it down or um just if if i'm walking around uh, and also, I have a lot of mix of things like stuff I need to do today and stuff that um, I need to do sometime in the next week or work things. Like, you can't sort and filter and search paper. Uh, yeah. And just, I don't, I can't do things in the order I write them down. So I'm like constantly migrating stuff from one page to the next to keep it flowing along until it's relevant or until I get to it and the context of it. And the smart lists on Remember the Milk are like, um, they're 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 the amazing thing that I keep going back for because I can do Ooh. do so much with them. Yeah. Um, so it's something few, I'm missing, yeah. I have a few that I've been working on over the years that I always like just kind of tweak. And when I went back to it last week, I, I made a few more improvements with a few more features they've added since the last time I used it. And now it honestly kind of feels perfect. So nice. Like I've I I spent the last uh, most of the last week pretty much just constantly looking at my list doing the next thing on it and just one after another nice um, nice nice yeah and uh i think that's i think that's working so what i'm going to experiment with to get more work done is i'm actually adding recurring tasks to do pomodoro times for Ooh. certain things so that i work like non non-individual tasks into my task workflow nice so, so it just kind of blends yeah, for yourself, that Pomodoro works for is anything where any amount of progress counts. Yeah, and then just even if you have to divide it up into fifty chunks, as long as you chip away at it, it's somebody progress. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have just like, like I'm starting out with like drawing, game dev time, reading, and writing all have a Pomodoro, and they all repeat every day, just to make sure I do at least a little bit of something every day. Right. And um, that's what actually got me drawing and doing some reading over the break. So I think that's going to help. 
as I go that that habit. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I know I got some reading done as well. Uh, if we want to talk about guess what we've yeah. been playing, reading, and whatnot. So I've been reading Willpower Doesn't Work. It's a book. I forget the author's name. I can look it up. Actually, it's right here. Okay. So I've been reading Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy, which has been a very interesting read. Feels like nothing I didn't know on one level or another, but put so plainly and sufficiently concise form as to be a real kick in the keister to remember how important it is to shape my environment accordingly. And we'll go in more of that yet, but it's been a very good read. I've been reading it alongside more of the Dimension W manga. Actually, I was going back and forth. I'd read a chunk of Willpower Doesn't Work, and then, quite ironically, go read no more than one chapter of the manga and keep myself fresh. Uh, not to actually make a lot of progress on a book I've been putting off and starting for, I want to say, weeks. At least a couple weeks. So, so, so what's like the elevator pitch of that book? Because I, I like the title, but I don't know beyond there what, what yeah. I would expect. Hey, well, there's a quote in the back. If you're relying on willpower to lose weight, improve relationships, or achieve more at work, you're doomed to fail. Basically, it's all about setting up the environment for success and getting, especially getting rid of the things that detract from success. Because willpower is very important, but it's a very limited resource compared to our habits and whatnot. It's kind of thing you want to exercise sparingly to set yourself up for success as a default. Hmm. That sounds like exactly something I, I want to read in that would re, that, that would prop up things I'm working on for my, my own productivity. That, Excellent. I like, I like that. I'm going to add that to my, to my reading list. Nice. So, uh, which right now I'm, I'm not reading anything at the moment. Um, cause I've, I finished up stuff before uh, break and I didn't pick up anything new, but I had planned to start reading, uh, explore it. Um, explore it. Software testing book that I got recommended. Cause that's my, my current mm-hmm. so newish feeling role. Um, but it didn't get here on time to read during the break. So it arrived right like at the, on the weekend. So I'm going to start putting some, some reading time in and, and check this out. Oh, is this a pragmatic publisher's title? Yes, which I love everything from them. So Yes. Goodness, yes. Which, uh, there's actually a sale right now that they're having. Yeah, 40% off plus anything in the store. Yeah, of That's... course, they had that right after I bought the book. So. I know, right? Yeah. I think I've, I'll definitely order something or four things today. I actually got a personal development budget at work. They want you to they want you to use to buy books mm-hmm. and conferences and whatnot. So I'm gonna buy like a boss and expense away. Yeah, yeah, that's great. There's so many places that will buy every new employee a three thousand dollar MacBook and then won't spend ten dollars on a book for them. That's one reason I left my old job is that it was not an environment set for success because it took months to get approved for uh, some books after asking over and over. Not a good and... environment. It sounds like they should read that book. Yes. Strongly agree. So I think that both of us can be making some good decisions on, on these different fronts. Yeah. But today, our main topic is foolish decisions because it is April Fool's. 
And <laughs> I think we, you know, we both wanted to start this this podcast project kind of as a mechanism to help push us to do more in our projects and our games, um, which kind of signals that both of us probably have some things that haven't gone well in getting that stuff done. So oh, it's always a question of what has gone wrong and what mistakes were made. Yes. So um, I probably should have sort of prepped for it, but I kind of yeah. figure... We have I our first have, mistake. There, Yes, full <laughs> decision. But I kind of figure I won't have any problem thinking of something I've done wrong. And, yeah. and I can. So I'll, I'll go first with something, which is I have spent a long time... I've written a lot of game edges. That is definitely the most foolish game development thing that I've done. Um, I've written multiple Python game engines. I've written... Uh, I wrote two C++ engines before that, before I moved to Python. Um, I wrote a HTML5 game engine before the like, wherever Canvas element first came out and well, there were no other options. So, of course, mine sucked because everybody else was doing it actually knowing what they were doing. Um, and then whenever I saw that mine sucked and all these other great options were out there, of course, what did I do? I wrote another one because that's all bad mine was in comparison. So that, that was the right option. Um, I feel you. And I I did all this. And all those had like you know games I started building on top of them, but inevitably I would spend at least eighty, probably ninety percent of the time working on the engine and not the game, um, and then burning out on the engine not having progress on the game and you know, that's just kind of sucking out all motivation. Um, so really it, it was moving to unity, which is almost entirely so that I can't hack on the engine really. Yeah. And, and there are y'all there. Yeah. And you, you can, you can, but it's a huge barrier that is too much for me. I, I know enough C++ to use unity, not enough to delve into the deep depths of it. So it keeps me from doing the things that get in the way of the thing I want to do. So just the whole learning from that mistake and finding a much better approach. Yes, I, I think yeah, that's that's mine. Um, I thought maybe we could kind of go back and forth if we might have more than one um, yeah. thing. So what do you, what do you think? You have any particular either repeating or singular mistake in your game dev journey? You can point to and say, oh man. Yeah, I've definitely had similar mistakes, made similar mistakes myself, focusing a little too much on individual features of a game or certain functionality to exclusion of content. I know, for example, with Anthrotari, one reason I tried to do the Unity rebuild was to make the user interface more powerful, more fully featured, more realistic, to make it easier to add stuff like a simulated email client and whatnot but as nice as it would be to make the game more immersive with the more fully featured, more realistic UI, it doesn't actually complete the game. And it's a lot of energy driven away from finishing the story when everything else could have just been purely added on after the fact. So definitely, I combine that with not writing out more of the story all the way to at least an ending before doing any more of the actual programming development work. So you know, doing enough of a pre-work to get, be able to see an actual ending in mind is uh, one thing I very much wish I had done out of the bat, out of the gate. 
Yeah, there's this. Um, I I can't remember if this is just something I try to do or if it's something that I I read or heard somewhere, but like the earlier you do things like make a title screen and an end game screen and a credit screen, you know, like the bookends, put the bookends in early, have a start to finish before adding peppering in all the bells and whistles in between. Yeah. Um, and and that might mean then that you fill that in. With the sort, you know, get get the per, get the player from first a short start to end, and then a longer start to end before you do all those other things, because you can get in the weeds on them, and it's really hard to see how they actually pay off all on their own without the context of the content. Yeah, it's very easy to get stuck in the mushy middle, as they call it, if you're not careful. Especially mm-hmm. more of a pantser, as they say in the writing circles, i writing by the seat of your pants, and you are a plotter when someone who plots for everything out. I was definitely too pantsy with Anthrotari in the story, and that has been a major mental block. Only recently made progress on, months and months later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I had to do it again, I would definitely make sure I had the exact ending in mind for the next thing I write. But it sounds like you're able to recover from that, and, and you're back on track with the same project and with the, with the. So it's not something that derails you entirely now. Right. Not the train off the track, but after a lot of effort, to have it back, head chugging on to the next station. And uh, and speaking of next station, I think I I, I would like to make another addition to Foolish Decisions. <laughs> the same way that I keep making game engines, I keep making game ideas. And this is even though I've settled on like I keep making new games, I've done that for longer than I've done anything prior. I still have, if I open up my game dev folder, I've got about a dozen games of that are all playable that I've started, been certain this is the game I'm going to spend a year on completing to a more much more polished state than than others and make a big thing of. And, you know, they, some of them last longer than others, and some of them I've come back to. Even the game that I'm doing now is actually one I did originally like three years ago before Whoa. picking back up. Um... And the worst thing is, I still want to finish all of them. And now that's something, that's a mistake I'm carrying with me for a long time because all of them are ideas and prototypes I'm really, that I really love. And I, I can't let go of any of them completely. But because I didn't stick with any of them, now I have that burden of I've got to push them away, but I also have to eventually do something with them or else I've abandoned all of them, which yeah. really kind of feels bad. Because I like so many of these ideas, so. Oh yeah, that's a, actually a really common mistake too. Is to not abandon as early as necessary. I know I've gotten a little too far in some game ideas before, story ideas before that just really weren't going to pan out. Because even though they were interesting ideas, they were not necessarily viable ideas, or um, even necessarily even good ideas. And it's very easy tempting to stick with something too long and hope that with enough time and effort you can make it work. We've all seen like some AAA games that were just a lot of money thrown into that pyre mm-hmm. and still terrible, terrible game came out of it because core conceits just weren't there. Yeah. Um, I've had mixed, mixed uh, results with when I let go of a title and I've, I've worked on like non-game software projects, like all my hobbyist Python libraries or JavaScript tools where I've really learned the value of 
writing something and throwing it away because I just wanted to explore an idea and it was fun. And like, I used to feel bad about that. Like every project had to become some big open source thing I maintained for years. I know if, if it was just a cool thing I wanted to do and I scratched an itch, that's fine. But there's still a lot of games that I can't let go of. Those are a little harder, but I am getting a little better. So like the last game that I made and actually finished was Chroma Blast that I mm. built and released in January. I did, I did it like a one month game and I definitely could have tried to, like I, I had other ideas I wanted to put in it, but I got far enough to think, okay, this is okay. It's, it, you know, it's not bad. It's fun to play for a little bit, but it didn't pan out as fun for the bigger things I wanted to add. So I wrapped it up and I added some, some testing as the packaging and I, I made sure that what I had gotten done and what did work was as clean as possible. And I put it out and I moved on. Um, nice. which is a good achievement for me because I can definitely either spend too much time on it or keep it in that to finish pile where it's just nagging me to come back to it. Oh yeah. It's one of those things where sometimes you need to expressly give up an idea or as I say, bury it. I know some people will purposely write something out on a piece of paper something they've been wanting to do and then burn the paper is a way of very viscerally surrendering that to mm. as a thing they want to do. So even their subconscious realizes, no, it's time to move on. And that exercise can help to open up, to close those loops and free up your brain to work on new things and things you already have on the plate and solve them on the plate. It's just like closing old browser tabs. And all applications. I was, so your machine is all you're running gonna, super sluggish. I was just going to say, I have a digital version of that writing on paper and burning it, which is I just open more and more browser tabs until every couple months my browser crashes and I lose all of them. <laughs> oh, <God. sighs> wow. And, and, my, and I'm like, oh, that burden is gone. Yeah. I better not tell you about the extension I use to save tabs. If anything, you need to burn a lot of those tabs too. Yeah, I, I use a, a tab suspend thing so that I can have more open at a time. Oh, um, yeah. I have, I've traditionally been really bad. I used to get made fun of every time I do a presentation at work. And they can <laughs> see, like, you can't even see the icons anymore. Oh, yeah. Because it was that bad. And I'm, I'm getting better now. Um, I don't have it down to, you know, I can see the first few letters on every tab. It's better. <laughs> I can see the sliver of the title of the tabs in this particular window. There's also a small laptop, so that's my excuse. I, I do make an effort, like, about once a week. I'm trying to, like, like I try to go through and clean up. Fridays, like, at the end of the workday, I go through and, like, close all the work-related tabs. If, I, you know, if something's open I need to do with, I, I throw it into my notes or something. And, and I, I'm getting better at cleaning up at the end of the week. But there's definitely still stuff that carries on. Yeah. But it's an effort. I'm trying to think is any other errors. Do you have anything? Uh, what about stuff you've done before, Anthrotari? Anything older? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you could continue with Anthrotari. That was making the mistake of over-promoting it before it was close, closer to done so that there was a lot of steam and head of awareness that uh, I couldn't capitalize on this fell away from people's awareness because it hasn't been a game 
around to buy since that, like going to conventions mm. prematurely. Yeah. News posts, a couple article here or there about it. There's a journal like the Mindshare. It tends to be very, like, you want to build it up and then have a place for folks to release it. By release, I mean their wallets into your account or otherwise download it or whatnot. So that was a poor marketing on my part. Yeah, I, I will admit, like, whenever I first saw you um, promoting it, like, before we really, like, met and talked, I saw, I think I saw it a few times around. And I got the impression, that, like, it's about to come out or it already was from, the like, the promotional material and from yeah. just, like, the way it was presented. Um, so, yeah, like, when we first started doing this, I actually was kind of surprised, that, like, how much more work you had to do with it yeah. based on that. Not, not that no, I, I'm not, like, trying to, to <laughs> dig there. I'm just, I'm affirming what you're saying, unfortunately, because you're saying a negative thing. But Yeah, um, it just speaks to how well I can pull off the presentation, even if it's not quite ready. Yeah, and as just because you you did a bunch of promotion before and then it kind of sputtered out doesn't mean that the same thing, you can use that skill again. Yeah. Um, there's, if you got a few blurbs in a couple of publications, there's lots of publications that weren't around then or they didn't cover it then. There's no shortage of places to talk about it. So Definitely. Um, if, if you want, you could look at it as practice. Look at how good you did at promoting it. Uh, exactly. And what you yeah. learned from it. Because this was as much of you, uh, like purposely practicing my marketing and whatnot, trying to get a handle on this. Because I know I definitely came in, I didn't make the wise choice of not coming in with, with the expectation that I would make a big hit of a game, bestseller or whatnot, and that any success I had with the marketing was just uh, treated as a pleasant surprise, and any failure treated as a learning opportunity. Yeah, because there was one convention I went to with uh, ready to take prepayments for the game, and... That didn't have any pull at all. This, the dealer's room was out through the wrong space. In fact, took the convention, was out through the wrong space to try and promote it. This was the materials I had, and it was a huge waste of money and time. This is something I need to think about because one of my my big goal right now is at the end of this month of April that I should have something to start showing of the game, and that's not going to be like big promotional pushes, but like I want to start talking about it publicly. I want to start doing fairly frequent, you know, screen grabs to just start getting the style and the feel out. Um, so I need to have enough to show now and be sure that I'll have a consistent work ethic that I can keep pumping out stuff to share, you know? Because um, that seems to be the only way you can get stuff to sell these days is to talk about your game for months constantly because you, you need it to be... In- so deeply ingrained in people's awareness before they put it on their wish list for six months and then buy it on sale. That's such a fact for Mindshare. It's like, I think it's a rule, the maximum is you need to see something seven times before you really remember it in a marketing context. But at the same time, to take a cue from Seth Godin, this is much about really finding your niche because much better to find 100 people who really appreciate your work and actually want to invest in it and buy your next thing then do 5,000 people who put on your wish list and 50 of which actually buy it and then only on sale. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I have, 
Yeah, I, I'm hoping that I can pitch my game in a way that I will... Like, my the last one, like, Chrome Blast was largely done as something I could finish in a month and then sort of experiment with selling and marketing. And it might have, like, looked fun for a few minutes, but it definitely wasn't something where looking at looking at the material for it, it would catch the eye of anybody who was, like, really into it. It's a little puzzle shooter that you shoot some aliens and, and you're done. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun, but it's just like an old, like a simple arcade game yeah does have an audience but not one that's used to paying for games for one thing because arcade games are usually free arcade style games so it wasn't wasn't uh so good um another lesson mm -hmm. um i think that's like i could probably make a much longer list of foolish decisions that i've made but i think that i can like i summed up a lot of them with the just starting far too many things yeah um and that that's something i really hope that i can overcome now you know i am pretty set on very very set on unity so i'm i've kicked the engine building habit yay mostly i do have like a <laughs> scripting thing inside of it that i use in my games and that scratches a little bit of that itch without actually building an engine yeah um, i use that just for things like scripting um level behavior and menu screens and stuff um and uh as, as i mentioned in the last episode what i'm building right now is like an arcade game where you either you're you have and play in an arcade it's just part of the story and so i get to scratch a lot of those itches of those games that i keep not finishing so some of the games that i've already done and not finished will just turn into games in this as a way of getting the idea done without having to do the whole game yeah, or they might just get experimented with in this and still have their full actual version later. So they're day in the sun. Yeah, yeah, but I really think that this will help me to overcome that that desire because even if uh, in a couple months, if I'm getting a little worn down on working on the same project, or if it's just some idea pops in my head and I really want to try it out, I can just try it out and still make it part of this game so that I can use my bad habit and redirect it to what I actually want to do. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Giving yourself an outlet, basically. Because I found that I was doing something else mentally where the little metaphorical voice in my head suddenly went really quiet when it knew I had something ready for it that it did not need to intrude elsewhere um, to be heard. And didn't even... Ask, didn't even require that I use the use that space I provided for it to uh, be satisfied. I just had to know it was there. The same way that like knowing that someone else was watching your pet makes it much easier to enjoy vacation than like needing them to be pampered the whole time you're there. The whole peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like this whole thing of feeling this game is going to help to redirect my bad habits and. Um, to sort of like put me in a situation where I can succeed despite yeah. them, not just by changing what I do. I I'm doing so that because I know willpower it. doesn't willpower doesn't work. <laughs> so I really yeah. do have to read that book. Uh, I'm I think that dovetail is pretty nice. Yeah. Cool. So I guess we can talk about our so our plans for next week. Yeah. Um. You. Um, 
you still like have you still have the new job. You're still new, but do you think you're going to be able to get some work done on Anthony this week? Hopefully, at least a little bit. I don't expect it to be quite so overextended since it's going to be less newness and the handle, less new people. I still don't know when I'm actually going to be doing work work besides onboarding. I don't find that until later. And I have been getting up much earlier in the morning, closer to like 7 to 7.30 versus my usual 9.30, but still not quite early enough to get creative work in in the morning. So tonight I'm going to shoot for a really early bedtime and see if I can get up closer to 6 and then get stuff done before I leave the house. And hopefully even like 25 minutes of editorial work times from doing it five days a week, that's two and a half hours, rounded up to two and a half hours. And that would be a lot more progress I've made in months at a time. And I keep that up, that up really quickly. So I figure, yeah, since the house stuff, the lease stuff was just resolved, hopefully resolved first thing, or late tomorrow. And I'll be able to get in more of that little bit of Atari every day. Nice. I think you know, as long as you get something done in this, this next week, still with lots of other stuff on your plate, something is better than like the most that you want to accomplish. So, you yeah, know, it's like if you didn't, you weren't able to get anything in the last week. So if you get anything done this week, you're done better and you're moving exactly. in the right direction. It reminds me, there's a book, uh, Seth Godin's The Dip. I would do well to overview and see what kind of notes I wrote on it. Maybe I copy somewhere. But I remember it being useful. But yeah, for this week, it's going to be the at the target in the morning, read more of Will Power Doesn't Work, sign a lease, and do more volunteering for work on top of preparing for the new job. Probably be learning refreshing myself on some programming language or another, or learning some new tech, anticipation of that. I'm going to find out. All right, and that's me. So, Calvin, right. back to so, you. So um, I am going to do twofold, which is, like I said, I've been doing this, like within my regular just sort of uh, to-do list, I have to-do items of Pomodoro timers, which is kind of mixing two different productivity things. And I think this is working really well for me. It helped me draw over the break. And so I'm going to bring in writing and game dev stuff I also have to do uh, because I'm also doing kind of also doing an extra thing this month. I'm doing Napo Remo, the National Poetry Writing Month. Ooh, so I write a small poem every day, which shouldn't take a lot of time. Um, but, so my goal is just to knock off two Pomodoros of writing and game work uh, every day. Nice. Uh, which I don't have a ton of time to get two more in tonight, so that's probably like right <laughs> what I'm going to run into after this right. because uh, I had a lot of stuff to do today and I kind of didn't have any other. But maybe I'll try that get something done in the morning idea you mentioned. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, there are two great advantages to doing the morning thing. One, there's usually a lot that's happening to distract uh, you from everything else. That's just if you have like kids. Yeah, I got a preteen to get ready for school every morning. So. Oh yeah, if you get if you get up ahead of them, it might help. And the other advantage is you haven't your brain isn't already locked into everything. And one thing I started doing, I mentioned already, 
was start charging my phone in the office, the other side of the apartment, instead of next to my bedstand. And there is a very palpable change in my brain state when I first look at my phone when there's been time to get ready before I look at the phone. Because mm. if it's right there the first thing in the morning, you go right from half awake to agitated because of notifications. And you don't get that intermediate space where your brain is much more relaxed. Huh, once, yeah. you, yeah, once you start doing it, it's like you wonder why you ever did it to yourself in the first place. I, I probably do need to try this, and I've, I've been kind of resistant to the idea, but the fact is I waste a lot of mornings grabbing my phone and like checking Twitter for five or 10 or 20 minutes, you know, I think I, it, it keeps me from getting up because I can have something catch a little bit of my attention other than just getting up. If I don't, if I can't grab that phone, then the only thing to do is get up if I'm awake. Right. So. And you can do, do something else. Yeah. Yeah. I need to try it. So maybe, maybe we'll see uh, next week. Maybe I'll have, something to say about that if uh we've actually been talking about it here at home anyway so maybe yes. i've been i've been pushing back but i probably need to scare myself so all right um i hope to hear good stuff next week i hope your second week of a new job is uh as good as this first one has gone and um looking forward to checking out that book you recommended Woo! yep so sounds good to me and i guess See you same podcast time, same podcast channel. See you next time. Where's that station? See podcast station. I mean, we're not podcast either. URL. Same podcast URL. Well, no, every, every episode on a new URL. Every podcast this, domain. This, this metaphor is it work? This comparison to old TV is it working? Ah! <laughs>